The blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is again our epistle reading for this past Sunday, which was Transfiguration Sunday. The Sunday when we think about how Jesus, before he went to his suffering and death, how he was changed, transformed, so that he had some of his glory as the true Son of God and a great encouragement for him as he headed toward the cross and encouragement for us as we enter the Lenten season to think about what Christ would do for us and a reminder that, yes, he was going to win the victory for us. We're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 to chapter 4, verse 2, where Paul says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. My dear friends in Christ, before we were called to faith, Maybe some of us don't even remember the day before we were called to faith because we were baptized into God's believing family as instants, but infants. But before we were called to faith, we all pictured God according to the law. And that means that we pictured God wrongly. When we were called to faith, of course, what happened is that changed because of the working of the Holy Spirit. The veil of unbelief that Paul is talking about here, that was removed. Paul tells us that in Christ that veil is taken away. The picture we now have of our God and of our Savior always makes me think a little bit about some scenes from the Wizard of Oz movie. When Dorothy and her friends first went to see the Wizard of Oz, there was a veil that had hid them hid the real wizard from them. And they were absolutely scared to death of that wizard, of what that wizard appeared to be. But then when they returned to the wizard, that veil or curtain was removed so that they could see the real wizard who turned out to be this kindly old gentleman. Not the overpowering being who appeared to be 
who he appeared to be before, while he was actually hidden behind that curtain. Well, when the Holy Spirit makes us believers, what he does is he removes from us the veil of unbelief, which gave us only that partial picture of God. See, it's true that God is a just God, a God who hates sin and demands that all sins be paid for. But that's only a partial picture of our God. It's only an incomplete picture of our God. Through the gospel, though, then, it seems as if God is transfigured. Well, we can say that the gospel transfigures Christ for us so that, well, through the gospel, we can see God as he wants us to see him, as our Heavenly Father who loves us so much, who sent his Son to live and to die for us and to pay for all of our sins so that we could look forward to eternal life in heaven. Paul tells us that when the Holy Spirit opens our spiritual eyes so that we can see God in that way, then we have freedom. Freedom from the curse of the law. Through Christ, the law can no longer condemn us because Christ has borne our condemnation for us on the cross. God's law is no longer something we have to keep or else. God's law becomes this guideline for us that we as his believing children will want to follow. Most of us know Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and in that Christmas Carol, if you remember Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge he starts out the story as this ornery, hateful man, and he saw scenes of Christmas past, present, and future, and seeing those scenes motivated a complete turnaround in him, and he ended the story as this kind, loving gentleman. When we picture God according to the law, he appears for us to be like Scrooge, the Scrooge who began a Christmas carol. And when through faith we see God according to the gospel, then what happens is God seems to be transfigured into the Scrooge at the end of the story. See, the gospel transfigures God for us. But really, God hasn't changed. He's always the same, but he's transfigured for us so we can see him as he really is, as he wants us to see him. Yeah, the God that hates sin, but that he's also, and especially that gracious, loving God who wants to forgive us and wants us in heaven with him forever. Through faith, we, like Peter, James, and John, have also seen the transfiguration of our Lord. God has been transfigured for us so that we can see him as the God who loves us. But what does that mean for us? Well, the gospel bullet transfigures Christ for us and it also transfigures us. Paul says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
if we were ever asked who we believe Jesus to be, we'd want to say above all that he's God's son, our savior. But he's also our example, our role model, whom we'll want to strive to imitate in our lives, not because we have to, but because we want to, because we're so thankful for everything that he's done for us. Remember, though, that imitating Christ won't always be easy and sometimes completely impossible. Paul says, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Or if you'd say it positively, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We're tempted in this life to get distressed, depressed, but we need not get down in the dumps when we remember the blessings that we have in Christ our Savior. We have, because of Christ, a loving Heavenly Father, a Savior from sin, a Holy Spirit who graciously keeps working on our hearts to keep us in the faith. We have the privilege of being chosen by God to be his believing children, to be his servants, his witness in the world, witnesses in the world with the solution to sin, sickness, sorrow, want, and pain. And we also have the guaranteed hope of heaven through Christ. We can be absolutely overjoyed in the Lord and boldly live for him. Paul says, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Since God has been transfigured for us so that we can see him as he really is, since the gospel shows us God as who he really is, a God who really wants to bless us. Well, because of that, we've been transfigured. We've been transfigured to trust in Jesus, to follow his gospel call, and to let the gospel light shine through us throughout our entire lives. When Christ was transfigured that Day on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. And oh, he was so motivated by that dramatic scene. Of course, he still was filled with fear seeing the holy, righteous God glimpses of him. When we were called to faith, what happens also for us is that God appeared to be transfigured for us also. And so we haven't missed out on the transfiguration. We can picture that image in our heads. Through faith, we can see God as he really is. A God who truly does hate sin and demand that sin be paid for. But a God who graciously loves us sinners and because of that, he made his son pay for all of our sins for us. That's the God that we can see and knowing that God, that transfigures us. That changes us. 
The gospel, it transfigures Christ. It transfigures us. We who were children of Satan deserving eternal punishment, eternal death, we are now, by God's grace, God's believing children and heirs of heaven. How blessed we are that we've been transfigured and that we can also see Christ's transfiguration and see our God as this God who loves us and wants us with him forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, when we look at ourselves and then look at you according to the law, we have to be scared to death. Thank you for also giving us the picture of you from the gospel that transfigures you for us as the God of grace and love who also transfigures us into children of God and heirs of heaven who know your grace, mercy, and love and your heaven. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.